0: She had to get out her shivas Puri Dhamma Ki Ganga Maya Juna Devi Ki Chana, yeah. Bhakti Devi Ki Chana, yeah. Tulsi Maharani Ki Chana, Samaveta Bhaktaminda Ki Chana, yeah. Gaurapramananda. Oh Glorious to the Assembled Devotees. Oh Glorious to the Assembled Devotees. Oh Glorious to the Assembled Devotees. Oh Glorious to Sri Guru and Gauranga, All Glorious to Srila Prabhupada, Namao Vishniparaya, Vishniprasnaya, Bhutalashinamati Bhakti Vinayata Swamila. Namaste Saraswati Devi Govana of the Chinese, the Sasasana, Shri day. Mandayam Sri Guru Sri Taapadamam Sri Guru Ninvaishmanam's Chat, Sri Ritam Sangu Jatam Sahagana, Raghana Kambitam's Taisha Devi, Sadvitam Sadvitam Sahitam Krishna Chaitan Shri Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana, Ladita Sri Vishakam Bittam's Chat. 2013 in Ouderdes Belgium reading from Shimad Bhagavatam canto 5 chapter 5 Lord Rshabadeva's teachings text 15 Uchamscha sishyan schanya progorava Uchamscha sishyan progorava Itaman, you Help me. Itambe you Oh, you're getting an extra syllable anyway. Okay. Itambe man, you're Nayo jayet karma shu mudan. Nayo mudan. kāmyo jāyāna manujārītam la- again. kāmyo jāyāna manujārītam la-bheta kāmyo jāyāna manujārītam la-bheta kāmyo jāyāna manujārītam la-bheta nipataya nāstradrisam hi-garate nipataya nāstradrisam hi-garate please change. kutam shtāsyaṃ shtāyapalau gururvā kutam shtisyaṃ shtam allo hakamo mananu grahata madavo hakamo mananu grahata itam mimanyorano sheshyana jnana itam mimanyorano sheshyana jnana dayo karma mudan He got a master, he got a good Kamo, yad atajñān idam eva manyo karma sukarma mohānam yo ketan sukarma labheta amyojana manujo ṛtham labheta nipādaya Namaskar sisyam chari bhoguruva. Namaskar sisyam chari Maloka kamo manu nudra karta. Maloka kamo manu nudra karta. Vitam nimanyura vsisya dhatayam. Mat anugraha, Mat anugraha thinking, that thinking that to achieve my mercy is the aim of life. Itam, Itam. in this manner. In this manner. Vimanru. Vimanru. Free from anger. Free from anger. Anushishyat should, should instruct Atatgyan, Atatgyan bereft of, of spiritual knowledge. Na, Na not, not. Yojayet Yo should, should engage karma shu, karma shu in, fruitive in fruitive activities. Karma mudan, karma mudan simply engage in pious or impious activities. In pious or impious activities. Come. What? what? Yojayan. Yo jayan. Engaging. manujaha A man. Artam. Benefit. Benefit. Lopate. Can achieve. achieve. Nipatayan. Causing to fall. fall. Nastadrisham. One Nasta Nasta One who is already bereft of his transcendental sight. He, He, indeed, indeed. Garte, Garte. in the whole. whole. Translation and purport by Prabhupada. So this, I was asked to speak, to choose something about education, so this gives us a clue as to how to preach, how to educate, how to help others, and now not to... Ah, how to, how to preach how to teach how to help others and how not to also is that right? yes there we go ok translation if one is ok we should also give a little background so Rashad Dave has just been giving his sons all these instructions you know some of these instructions they're pretty heavy right? One should not engage in sense gratification just like a hog or a dog. If one is serious about going back home, back to Godhead, he must consider the mercy of the supreme personality of Godhead, the summum bonum and chief aim of life. That's a very interesting statement in and of itself, although we're not focusing so much on that today. If he is a father instructing his sons, a spiritual master instructing his disciples, or a king instructing his citizens, he must instruct them as I have advised. So one must teach, one must educate along the lines of Mishabdeva. Without being angry, this is what one should not do, without being angry, he should continue giving instructions. Even if his disciples, son, or citizens is sometimes unable to follow his order. So sometimes you give good instructions and people can't do it, but you don't become angry. Ignorant people who engage in pious and impious activities should be engaged in devotional service by all means. They should always avoid fruitive activity. If one puts into the bondage of karmic activity his disciple, son, or citizen... Who is bereft a transcendental vision, how will one profit? It is like leading a blind man to a dark well and causing him to fall in. Okay, so let's go. What are the different points made? First point was the goal of all teaching should be, the goal of life should be to? Achieve the mercy of the Lord. And one should? Hmm? Well, he, that was another verse <laughs> that was just a few verses back so if one's going to be a teacher or a parent or a king one's going to instruct and educate others one should educate them how? Repeating, the instruction, not getting angry. repeating this instruction that this is the goal of life without getting angry even if <laughs> even if they don't follow but if they're engaged in ordinary activities, what should you do? Keep going. Keep going and engage them in devotional service, because if you engage them in more fruitive activities, it's just like pushing a blind person into a well. Okay, probably it's purple, which is very short. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita 3.26, Nabudi buddhi Janayed janayet karma karmasanginam let not the wise disrupt the minds of the ignorant who are attached to fruit of action. They should be encouraged not to refrain from work, but to work in the spirit of devotion. Putra-ca-shisham-ca-anir-pogurambha maloka-kamo mar-anyur-grarta vimanyur anir Na Jayan If one is desirous about going back home back to Godhead, he must consider the mercy of the supreme personality of Godhead, the summum bonum and chief aim of life. If he is a father instructing his sons, a spiritual master instructing his disciples, or a king instructing his citizens, he must instruct them, as I have advised. Without being angry, he should continue giving instructions, even if his disciple, son, or citizens is sometimes unable to follow his order. Ignorant people who engage in pious and impious activities should be engaged in devotional service by all means. They should always avoid fruitive activity. If one puts into the bondage of karmic activity his disciple, son, or citizen, who is bereft of transcendental vision. How will one profit? It is like leading a blind man to a dark well and causing him to fall in. So Rishabhadev is emphasizing purity of preaching. Don't compromise. Somebody may be ignorant, but don't compromise. If you compromise, you'll push them in a dark well. They're already blind, and instead of helping them, you'll push them in a dark well. Tell them, tell people, teach people. The only thing is to obtain the mercy of the Lord and go back to home, back to Godhead. Yes, let's do that. Let's have pure preaching. But then we can also burn people out, huh? With our pure preaching. What's the use of pure preaching? If you burn people out. So therefore he's saying you also have to be patient and not become angry. Pure, but patient. And not only pure, but patient, but personal. You're trying to help the individual to attain to love of God. So you're pure, you don't compromise. But you also don't become angry. You're patient. And you apply, as Papa's speaking here, somebody's very ignorant, then you find a way to engage them without disturbing their minds. Tailor your pure preaching in a patient way to be personal. In fact, we could say that if you are doing pure preaching, it must also be personal, since the absolute truth is personal. And if you are doing pure preaching, it must also be patient, because the absolute truth is patient. Extremely so, in fact. And if your preaching is not personal and patient, it cannot actually be pure. So I feel here that Lord Rishabhlev is speaking to me because I can think of many, many times when I've become angry and impatient when trying to give pure preaching to people and have failed to do it in a personal way. It happens to me a lot, especially with certain people that I find particularly frustrating. People that I think should be open. They're devotees, they're initiated, they're in the position of being one of my students. They ought to just be able to take the pure truth however I want to dish it out to them at this particular moment. And then when it doesn't happen, I become angry. Have you ever had this experience? That you're trying to, you know, you can see. Hey, blind man, there is a well. Let me take you to the other side. And you're supposed to be in a position to listen to me, and I'm supposed to know more than you. And I can see the well. Hey, well, there's well! We go, well? What well? Why are you bothering me? What's wrong with you? Don't you know my real life? I right? do the we do is just yell. Does this happen to you? It happens to me. Right? Yeah. Just, just the other day, I received an email. It wasn't about me, but it was a list. This poor funny. It was a list of how different preachers had, from his perspective given him one piece of wrong and inappropriate advice after another. I had this problem, they told me to do this, and I did it. It got me into more trouble, and then I asked more advice, and they told me to do this, and I did it, and it got me into more trouble. The whole list with all the names. This happened, and this preacher told me this, and I did it, and then this happened said, but I'm still chanting 16 rounds. I thought, well, that's pretty good. (laughs) Now I'm in a big mess. What do I do? Sometimes people say it to us. Why are you preaching to me wrongly? You're just putting me in a mess. You don't understand my situation. You're not listening. Do people ever say that to you? Either they say it outright or by their body language or by their behavior. Just a month or so ago, one devotee came and asked me for advice. I said, Prabhu, I've been giving you the same advice now for years and you haven't moved one millimeter. What is the use? And again, I felt angry and frustrated. Why should I help you? So sometimes the other person gets angry and frustrated with our anger and frustration. <laughs> and sometimes we just get angry and frustrated and then we lose the whole thing, isn't it? And we lose the whole thing. The whole thing's supposed to be about happiness. Isn't it supposed to be about happiness? We're always talking about ecstasy. But do you feel very happy when you're angry and frustrated at people because they won't listen to you? <laughs> do you feel like this real connection with Krishna? I remember many years ago we were at some sort of a strategy meeting about education and it was Shani Kirishi who said you know when we get into these sort of topics we all forget about the little blue boy playing this flute and I went oops so sometimes in the name of preaching pure preaching rescuing people rescuing the blind people from the hole we lose sight of the whole thing we forget our connection with the little blue boy. We forget all about humility. Eh? A lot of being patient and personal is, is really about humility, isn't it? Instead of I know what's right for you and I'm going to tell you now whether it helps you or not, and if it doesn't help you, it's your fault. <laughs> now what is that? It's pride, isn't it? Isn't it pride? Then, then, how are we preaching purely? It's not purely. We're preaching something else in the name of preaching purely. We lose the thread, and we're supposed to connect. We're not supposed to just connect with Krishna. We're supposed to connect with them. The Baba says, soul to soul, view the super soul. And otherwise, I'm seeing the other person not really as a person, but I'm seeing it as a thing that I'm supposed to like pound. With my purity. Instead of personal patient purity, it becomes pounding purity. Take the purity! <laughs> you just pound everybody into some kind of glob. <laughs> when I, I teach, I used to teach this gun history here, so there was one scathing book which I never used in my class by a former devotee when I was going through the library, it's still in the library, I'm sure, <laughs> about this devotee who left the movie. He joined, unfortunately, at like the worst time in this time to join. You all know when that was. And then he was really put off by some of our erstwhile leaders. If you don't know what that means, you can look it up. And he said, I, you know, I was joining a personalistic movement. Everybody was talking about being individual, he said, but I felt like we were all being pounded in a homogeneous glob. Everybody should just become the same. So if we struggle, maybe we struggle with this from the point of view of preacher, too. So I've been talking about it from the point of view of preacher and teacher, but maybe we also struggle with this from the point of view of student. Why aren't they teaching me in a way that I can use? You know, you go to someone and say, please help me with my spiritual life. And they give you the purity, pounding, nothing personal, and without any patience. And you're thinking, I can't do that now. They're telling me something that I can't do now. Or they're telling me something that doesn't apply to me, that doesn't apply to my circumstance and we walk away feeling more discouraged than we were when we came to them for advice. So I think we're in this situation as, as a teacher, as a, as a preacher, as a helper that we may sometimes get frustrated and angry and in the name of preaching violate the very principles of preaching. We may have to mop up the mess done by other preachers who pounded instead of being personally patient and made a huge calamity all over the floor, and then we got to fix it and try to put the person back together, and we may be dealing with it with ourselves, that people in the the name of Krishna consciousness damaged us in some way and weren't able to deal with us the way we would like. So we can examine, because we're not the only ones who have this problem, I would assume, yes? assume that most of the preachers in our Krishna consciousness movement, I would assume that most preachers of religion, of any religion run into this problem. I would think that anyone who's trying to preach the truth which is that the ultimate goal is to attain the mercy of the Lord and go to his abode. We're not the only people preaching that truth. Although we may have a deeper, I think we do have a deeper and more specific conception of what is the abode of the Lord and what is the mercy of the Lord the principle is being taught by all religious persons. I think many of them run into this problem. How to preach the truth in a way that's personal and patient. So, how does God deal with this? I was thinking we should look at how God preaches. How, how is God personal and patient? Now, of course, He's not always. It's in this canto, I believe, that it says that Dave eventually becomes completely angry and frustrated with the fact that the living entities haven't returned home back to God and burns up the whole show quite literally. Um, but then again, after a while, he says, okay, we'll give them another chance. And he recreates everything. I think of it like the parent who says, enough, go in the corner. And then, okay, okay, you can come out. Of me. Uh, so every once in a while, or the story... I was just listening to this this morning I love to listen to Prabhupada dictating Krishna book and he was just this morning telling the story of the washermen. so there's a story where Krishna was not patient in his preaching but he was very personal so in Chaitanya (laughs) Bhagavad well if you really want to hear how personal he was in Chaitanya Bhagavad in the story of the 21 hours of ecstasy so Mahaprabhu is giving benedictions to everybody, and you know he doesn't want to even see Mukunda. You all know this story, right? And then, and then they say, "Will you ever see Mukunda?" He says, "What is it? Ten million verse Is it ten million? He says, "I'll see him after ten million verse because he, he hangs out with me and the devotees. Then he goes and hangs out with the impersonalists You know who's who is whose who's side is you he know, on anyway?" And they went and told Mukunda, "The Lord will see him in ten million verses." He's like, "Yes, I'll finally see him." I mean. If we preach like that, chant Hare Krishna and you can become perfect and tell them in your verse, I don't think we'd have any followers. But Mukunda was, was dancing, and Mahaprabhu, when he heard this, he said, Okay, bring him in immediately. And then there's this lovely interchange where Mukunda is saying to Mahaprabhu that it's not seeing you that's the point, it's serving you and here, getting your mercy. That's the point, not seeing you. And he lists all these demons who saw the Lord. I mean, sometimes we think if I were just to see Krishna, then all my problems would be solved. It's all Krishna's fault that I'm not a pure devotee because he just hasn't showed up. If he showed up, then I would just melt in ecstasy. But maybe not. I mean, that's what Drupal did, but that's not what Kaliya did. Kaliya saw Krishna and said, how beautiful, and he didn't melt in ecstasy. Kaliyavana saw Krishna and said, oh, oh, this is a beautiful person that Narada told me about, and he just wanted to kill him. Anyway, so then then Mahaprabhu told the story to Mukunda about this washerman. And he said for, I I think it was thousands or millions of births, this particular jiva had wanted to see God. And he was doing austerity, penance, and praying, I want to see you, I want to see you, I want to see you, I want to see you. For thousands or millions, I can't remember which it was, of births and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said finally I fulfilled his prayer and let him take birth in Mathura, where he became Kamsa's washerman and then I came and said here I am now you can see me okay, now that you're seeing me could you do a little service for me let's go to the next step can you give me those clothes no I have experience I've seen if anyone gives the king's clothes away, they'll be punished. I don't want to be punished, so then Krishna did get a little impatient. You can imagine if we are somebody for you know millions of births, each birth being a hundred years or so, or if you were a demigod, you know a few thousand years. Someone's saying, "I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you." To see you. Fine. Okay, here I am. Can you give me a piece of cloth? No. <laughs> so occasionally. My point is, occasionally Krishna does get impatient in his preaching. He gets impatient. But generally, he's very patient. There, Krishna is following the living entity, life after life after life after life after life. You know, in a, in a bug body, he's still there. When you're in a snake body, he's still there. You know, you take a birth where you're a criminal and you're stealing, he's still there, he doesn't go away. You blaspheme him, whatever, he doesn't go away. Are any of us that patient? I don't think so. No, so he's not patient, and he's always trying to give good advice to a living entity, Mithas, Mithir, Janu, and Krishna says, And there he's talking about the Jnani, who he already said was like his very self. And still Krishna's going to be patient for He's going to be patient for many, 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 many verses. However long it takes. And he says that, that it's never stopped. Whatever you do, there's no diminution. We don't finish, not like some other religions who say, look, you've just got to believe and surrender right now, this life, or a lake of fire for eternity. But that's not how Krishna's presenting himself in the Bhagavad Gita. Say you do a little bit, swapa, you just do a tiny, tiny bit of service, and it never goes away. I'll keep it in my account. But we don't do that, do we, generally? If someone does a little service for us and then they don't do anything for 20, 30 years and even in the interim time they may do things against us. Do we remember the tiny little thing they do? You know, Patram palam Sayam Yomi Bhakti Prajati. If somebody gives me a cup of water with affection and then after that they say lies about me behind my back they forget about me, they're not there when I need them. Do I remember the cup of water they gave me with affection 30 years ago? and keep that in my mind. I'm going to remember that but that's what Krishna does and he remembers that for lifetimes he even remembers service that's not even intentional service done with affection you just say oh let's go to the cinerama he goes wow (laughs) you know how in a crowded room if someone says your name you hear it isn't that a funny thing so, Krishna hears his name even when we're not really saying his name. Let's go to the cinema and see the latest Jabba movie. Wow, they said Rama. Yeah, he, he gets all excited. Someone just eats a prasadam cookie. he you know? said, Wow, this is good. And Krishna gets excited. He, he keeps it in his account. And he, he, he tells Yamaraj, you can't mess with this person. Says, if one time they offer basic one time they say, "Oh, my dear Lord, I'm yours," then that's it. They're my word; you leave them alone. And Yamaraja says, "But they did this, and they did this." they're getting there. I mean, what kind of patience is that? And how personal! Krishna is giving advice for each person how to come to Him, step by step by step by step by step. It's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, we can talk about the journey in a general way that there's Shraddhata, the satya Sangha and so forth. But each of us is on our own very individual path, how we're learning, how we're growing. And it, it strikes me how much Shilup Prabhupada emphasizes this concept of Krishna helping us from within the heart, in his lectures, in his letters, particularly conversations, how much should we, Prabhupada emphasize that Krishna is going to give us advice, Krishna is going to help us. And even if we're a nonsense, Prabhupada says it right in, in Bhagavad Gita 10, 10, 10, 11 even if we don't take advantage of our spiritual master in, in his literature still, if we do a little service with love, Krishna will help us. And we see Krishna preaches in different ways to different people at different times also. And even in different ways to the same person. It always strikes me how Krishna says to Arjuna, for those who have been uh, honored, dishonor is worse than death. And then a little while later, he says, be free of honor and dishonor. Quite interesting. And now he's presenting different systems of yoga. Well, you can just do karma yoga. Just offer everything to Vishnu and that way you'll be free. And he talks about jnana yoga. How just realize that you're not really doing anything when the body's sitting, walking, that you're just witnessing. And then he talks about, you know, he's giving different instructions. And in the twelfth chapter, he says, just think of me with love. If you can't do that, then practice do a bhast yoga. If you can't do that, do Krishna karmana. And if you can't do that, well, at least give him charity. He doesn't throw anybody out. He doesn't, and he doesn't throw anybody in the hole. Krishna doesn't compromise the purity and engage people in ordinary food of activities. He doesn't throw anybody in the hole. And yet, he's patient, and yet, he's personal. I want to speak of Lord Nityananda. Talk about being patient and personal. Please chant the Holy Name. Even they're trying to kill him. And of course, we can think about how we want to be dealt with. You know, it's one of the the principles of every religious system in the world and repeated throughout, throughout, throughout the Shastra. Even the instructions for the impersonalists in Bhagavad Gita say you have to be kind to every living entity. To treat others the way you want to be treated, as a moral principle, as a spiritual principle. How do I want to be preached to? How do I want to be educated? How do I want to be taught? I don't want you to compromise I'm already blind. I don't want you to throw me in the hole. I don't want you to to give me wrong instruction. But I want you to give me instruction that I can digest. I don't want you to give me some wonderful instruction that I'm not ready for and that I can't do, that I can't assimilate. And I don't want you to give me the instruction in an angry, frustrated mood that just makes me feel fearful. So to emulate the way that Krishna teaches and to teach others the way I want to be taught, it's hard sometimes because at least I'm proud and full of false ego. And sometimes it's really, really hard to say my teaching and my preaching is not about me. It's not about being right It's about helping people attain the mercy of the Lord and go back to home, back to God, and that's what it's about. And what's the best way to do that that will actually be effective? So I'm thinking we all know of somebody in our life, I asked you and everybody nodded your head, so we all know of somebody in our life who tends to frustrate us, in terms of our being able to give them good instruction. Maybe they even want good instruction from us. Maybe they even somebody who regularly comes to us and asks us for instruction. But yet we feel very frustrated and we can tend to become angry. So maybe we can make a determination that sometime in the next week that we're going to approach that person and see if we can preach in a way that's pure, personal, and patient. And I had a really nice experience just uh, just about a week ago with one devotee. Many years ago, she came to me with a problem and I was not personal and patient. And therefore, my so-called purity was not real purity. And about a week ago, she came to me and about, you know, we were talking about something else. And she says I oh, really you know, I, I want to tell you that I was really disturbed with how you preached to me so many years ago. She said, do you remember the conversation? I said, yes, I, I remember it very well. And uh, we took the opportunity to have a, a real connection. And what I experienced after that was how pleased Krishna was with me. It just became very obvious to me over the next few hours how pleased Krishna was with me that I had started dealing with her in a personal, and patient way instead of a pounding way. So maybe all of us can do that. Find somebody that we've pounded and been angry and impatient with and not very personal in the name of purity and fix it. And if we do that then we're actually following in the footsteps of the Lord and then not only will we help them obtain the mercy of the Lord, which is the whole point of our preaching, but we will also obtain the mercy. Of the Lord. So thank you. Questions, comments, additions, subtractions? Yes. I have a question on um, the
1: what should be our position when we are the
0: student and we get pounded? I mean, well, first thing you can think is, do I ever pound anybody? Have I ever done this to anybody ever and not apologize and not felt some repentance? And have I ever done that? Well, what I get back is i have probably given out. And maybe this is Krishna reminding me, this is how it feels. Prabhupada told Peter Burwash when he donated money for life membership to the temple president who then promptly went to the bank, cashed the check, took the money and looped with it. He said, never hate the instrument of your karma. So nobody can do anything to me without the will of the Lord. Marikrishna, Krishna Maury K. So if somebody's pounding me, I can say, thank you Krishna for reminding me what this feels like. Thank you very much. Let me never do this to anybody else. Whenever I'm tempted to do we are tempted to do it. Are we not tempted to do it sometimes? Why can't you get it? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I've told you a hundred thousand times. When, when we're tempted to go there, we get, wait a minute, what does that feel like on the other end? If I, if I do that, I do that, what am I going to be responsible for? What emotional reaction am I going to be responsible for in the other person? Because how do I feel? Do I feel like jumping up and dancing, you know, and spending more time with my japa beads and Prabhupada's books after I get pounded? Probably not. So what am I going to do to somebody else? Do I really want to do that to somebody else? And just, thank you, Krishna, for reminding me. Thank you, Krishna, for reminding me. And it depends on your relationship with the superior. You know, like this, this woman did come to me a week ago and say, hey, you know, you really messed me up. So, Depending on whether or not you can do that. It depends. Is that all right? Yes. And is, is there a right time to not pound but push uh, for a teacher? Uh, if, if not, then um, what should one do when you feel like uh, a push is necessary? And if there is, then what, what is that time? Okay, thank you. So is there a right time to push? So I was telling one of my friends who's struggling with her sadhana, I said, Krishna has his flute, his rope, and his stick for his cows. He said, if you don't come for the flute, he may use the rope. And if you don't come with the rope, he may use the stick. <laughs> so it's, it's also our duty as teachers to get people to progress. And to get people to progress. Rabbi Shantay was saying, you have to preach as I am preaching. His preaching is pretty pushy. He's not compromising. So the other point here is he's not compromising. He's not just patient and personal. Like, I'm patient. He's also pure. He's not changing the message. So when is the time? That requires some expertise. Sorry, that doesn't really answer your question. I mean, what I try to do as a teacher is I try a little bit and I see what happens. If I try a little bit and I get heavy resistance... It's not the right time. And if if there's some willingness, but you don't want to push people too far. So if I had a board, I would draw you a picture of concentric circles. So you've got the comfort zone, the learning zone, and the panic zone. So you're not supposed to keep people in their comfort zone, but you don't want to put them in their panic zone. So you you do want to teach. Teaching means that you're, you're moving people. You're progressing. You want to, but you want to do it carefully, and with regard to what they can take. Some people can take a lot, and some people can take a lot at certain critical junctures of their life. A person who can't take a lot normally can take a lot at certain times. Certain times, people are particularly receptive, and they can make huge leaps in in a, in a couple seconds. So you try. You know, I I remember a devotee many years ago came to me with some crisis in her family, and I tried to preach Vairagya. It didn't work at all. You know, she basically fell apart. And I just said, you know, it's okay, it's okay. Just keep chanting, it's okay. Just don't worry about it. Just keep chanting, it's okay. You know, and then then I, I saw her, I guess about a year ago again, and she said, you know, I wasn't ready to hear you then, she said, that later on, I thought about what you said in the room. I was able to do it. And then I saw and she was very, very happy. So you, know, you just try. But if you see that there's this is the offense of preaching the glories of the Holy Name to the faithless. And, you know, how do you judge? I know mean, we're not super soul. Super soul knows exactly when to push, how to push, how to pull, how to play the flute, how to do everything. Else. Christian knows when to pull out the flute, when to pull out the rope, when to pull out the stick, how hard to pull on the rope, how hard to push with the stick, how loudly on the flute. You know, he knows all that. We have to kind of try and and see. And then you may know certain people, like I know certain people, they come to me for advice, but they don't really want advice. They just want sympathy. Anytime I give them advice, they just get angry. And it's hard because they, they ask me for advice, but that's not what they want they just want me to say, yeah, your life is really tough. I know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Just keep on chanting, like, Krishna will be okay. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. That's you know. all they ever want. If I ever give them anything else, they become angry. And then I, there's some people who really want the straight sauce. That's what they want. And I had experience. That's what they want. And I can say, hey, boom. And they're like, yeah. And they jump up ten feet in the air. You know, so they really Yes, my my understanding of anger uh, referred in this context is that it should not be that I told and you didn't listen rather than the perspective that it has to be done and uh, you know why are you not doing it from the perspective in management. We generally tell that. uh, Let the person not realize that you are an angry person. Let the person realize you are a person mm. who generally want to correct, but is angry on a situation. Mm, that's so, very nice. So in the second context, what happens is that, I mean, I mean, we turn in a rude way where, let people not look at you as a Ravana, people look at you as angry Ram. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what that means is that he did try to, you know, communicate what he wants to communicate and present the case. So I'm saying that sometimes if a teacher you know, be angry on a student. It can be understood I you know if the teacher does it from the perspective of, of the situation instead of the student. You, not not the oh, because I said I'm a teacher, you're a student, why the heck not mm, that's ahead? a very nice point. It's a very nice point. Yeah, instead of me against the student, it's me with the student against the problem. Yeah. Me and okay, I'm with you, I'm on your side We're a team. I'm rooting for you. Let's work together against the problem instead of, hey, I'm against you. That's very nice. Very, very nice. And and sometimes exhibitions of anger like that can be energizing for people. In fact, people look up to you sometimes that way. Yes. and In fact, I'm just remembering one student I had who, um, gosh, her mother died when she was two, uh, she got a stepmother, the lovely lady, but she they didn't get along very well. She was sent to one of our ashram schools where she was severely neglected. I remember mean, when she came to me, her teeth were black, they never had been brushed, and the teachers had thrown her against the wall and down the stairs. I mean, it was a really, it was a really sad, sad situation. She came to me at age 11, and she could read about as well as a, a four- or five-year-old. And I wasn't able to connect with her. This was also my very first year being an academic teacher. I tell you, who else I had in my class? Hi, oh, you know, Every, all my students were like this. Every one of them. They all had stories like another one, another one. Her mother just died of cancer, and she was living with a stepfather. Anyway, right. so I just couldn't connect with this girl. You know, we were going on and on and on, and I wasn't, I wasn't able to teach her anything. And I remember one day I said, you know, write your name on the, on the paper, and she wrote like her legal name, her devotee name, her middle name, and she wrote it in yellow ink all across the paper and I had a big ruler and I slammed it on the desk so hard that it splintered into lots of pieces I want you to learn and I was like oh god what did I just do and from that moment she changed and and I asked her later I said why she said because that was the first time I realized that you cared about me she said then I actually understood that that you really cared whether I learned or not that you weren't just doing a job you know, I felt awful, I'm like, oh my God, I just broke my ruler right over the desk, you know? <laughs> yeah, no... But that was also interesting for me, that, that sometimes, uh, sometimes anger, if it's against the situation and not against the person. I mean, that can inst- inst- install love rather than... It know, can, passion. it can sometimes. Yes, well, I'm going this to make... has to be the last one. <laughs> hope you don't mind me putting some <coughs> input. I, you know, I, I find I get angry quite easy. And what, when I'm teaching, what I sometimes do is I say to the students, look, I'm getting hurt. Mm. You know, I, I reckon, you know I'm, in, I'm connected to myself and I'm mm. recognized. I need to protect myself when I'm preaching. I'm talking about things very personal. So what I do is I recognize when I'm <coughs> beginning to get hurt. And sometimes being vulnerable and putting that out, or even saying I'm getting hurt and I could get angry, <laughs> because it's, it's very, it's, it's powerful, it's personal, it is. And, it's, and, 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 and you're teaching the children that they realise, well, you're a person as well. Yes. And it gives them the freedom to make that choice. That, know, that is, that is real connection. Also, to be vulnerable by your own feelings. You just reminded me of a student I had who was always to, never caused <laughs> me any trouble, and one day I don't know, she just was, was impossible. And I tried my usual formula way, which was analytical logic. Was that obvious that that's my usual way? Anyway, I tried that way and I got absolutely nowhere. And so finally I took her out of the classroom and I just said, you really, I'm really feeling hurt. You know, I'm trying to do a lesson here and I'm trying to do something and it's just, I said, I don't know what the problem is but the whole class is disrupted. And, and, and I'm, I'm feeling really sad and, and hurt, you know, can you help me here? And then she just kind of melted. And she said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do And I said, what's the problem? And she told me what the real problem was, which was something totally different than what I thought the problem was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that is also very good. It's also very good. A way to deal with our own frustration and, and anger as, as teachers is to then be honest about how we really feel. You know, and say, and say, like, listen. You know, when I've been trying to teach you this, you've been coming to me, asking me for advice for the last five years, and you've been asking me for, for advice on the last five years on the same exact topic. And no matter what I suggest to you, you, you know, you just you haven't moved. You're still in the same situation, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling hurted, I'm feeling discouraged, and, and I'm feeling lost. And I know I want to know. Please let me know. Do you, do you really want to continue with this or not? Because maybe you should go to somebody else. You know, and I'm I'm worried that if, if if I continue in this situation, I'm just going to be frustrated and deal with you in a way that's not going to be very favorable for us. So that's also a very wonderful way to deal with it. It's so wonderful being in Radhadesh. This is one of the most open and and honest communities. Uh, it's it's something I really appreciate Uh, we can talk about things that are real we can be honest and, and real and have discussions that actually help all of us progress in Krishna consciousness and I'd like to thank all of you for being patient with me Hare Krishna